What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 148 and we're going back to 1990. It was a simpler time. You could eat three bowls of sugary cereal and not feel like a fat piece of shit afterwards and your back didn't hurt every time you sneezed. And if you were lucky, you might have been playing a little bit of Chippendale Rescue Rangers on your NES because that's the focus of the podcast this week. And that game, my friends, is a fucking gem. I just played Chippendale uh, for my Let's Play series a few weeks ago over on YouTube. You can find that at youtube.com slash remember the game, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was my first time playing Chippendale, dude, in like, it's got to be like 30 years. And uh, that game fucking holds up, man. It is awesome. Is As soon as I was done playing it, I was like, we have got to make sure that game gets its week in the sun on Remember the Game very soon. And that's what we're doing this week. My guest uh, for this episode, returning to the show, is my good my good friend, Mr. Brad. Uh, he's a fellow old man, a fellow 80s kid, a fellow Chip and Dale fan. And this I actually this was a fun episode. We, we get more into that on the podcast itself in just a minute. Um, but just... So many of those games from the 80s and 90s that were based on really popular franchises and IPs were just the fucking hottest of garbage, right? We've all played one. Looking at you fucking Ghostbusters. Because the games didn't even have to be good to sell. They sold based on the name on the box or the logo on the on the cover. And that's why people bought them. We didn't even know if the game was good or not, right? And I think that's why so many people have such a soft, soft spot in their hearts for games like Chip and Dale or Aladdin, or DuckTales, or certain certain ones. Because the developers didn't just rely on the brand to sell the game. They actually made something worth playing and put it inside the box, right? It's it's And that was not a common thing back then. This game, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, it's not just all filler and fluff, which is great. And we're going to get there in just a minute, because speaking of just filler and fluff, it is time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you for taking a a chance on us. I really appreciate it. Consider this your warning. Our intros are pretty long, but they're fun. They're also a lot of fun. We talk about video games and stuff like that. It's not just me sucking my own dick for 50 minutes. I mean, I do kind of do that a little bit, but they're actually a lot of, they're like, our intros are like the little cartoon that they show before the movie when you go to the theater, right? Back when we were allowed to go to the movie theater. And sometimes that little cartoon is better than the actual movie itself. So just get comfortable and enjoy your popcorn and watch the cartoon. That's what we're about to do. Uh, we have merch. I gotta plug it. Hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, tank tops, all rocking the sweet new Remember the Game, either Angry Adam logo or the uh, uh, plump and juicy hot dog sign. Uh, it was all hand-drawn by my man Joe over at 4545creative.com. Check him out if you need some art done. It's really, really cool stuff. Uh, it's been selling really well, too, so thank you to everyone that's picked something up. I'm glad that it's hit the market. People like it. Uh, you can find it at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. And I know I plugged it on social media last week. I don't plug our merch too often on social media, but I plugged it last past weekend and then found out that our goddamn store was down, and that's not my fault. That was Teespring. There was a problem there, but it's all fixed now. It's so sorry about that. But the, the merge is actually there now if you're interested in it. Uh, and of course, you can always support us on Patreon, right? Specifically, it is scientifically proven to make you more attractive to whomever you want to find you attractive. Scientific. I mean, I'm the scientist that proved it, but it doesn't matter. The point of the matter, the fact of the point of the matter of the science is signing up for our Patreon makes you cooler. And it's only two bucks a month, a month. 
It's like fucking six cents a day U.S., which is, I don't know, I think it's like $1.50 a day in Canada, six cents U.S. But either way, uh, and you get a mountain of stuff. And then in addition to all that stuff, you also get two extra podcasts every week. You get exclusive access to both my gaming news podcast, Game Patch, each and every Friday morning, and my gaming discussion podcast, Expansion Pass, every Sunday morning. You'll also get instant access to dozens and dozens of previous Expansion Pass podcasts waiting for you. Uh, Episode 58 of Expansion Pass went live this past Sunday, and it was our second mini indie review, and that's where I take three indie games that I like and kind of give them each a short 10 to 15 minute podcast you know maybe they don't need a whole podcast on their own but i fly through three indie games and let you know what i think this time around we talked about dead cells steam world heist and darkest dungeon uh, a few of you have already reached out and said you picked up at least one of those games because of the episode thank you i have nothing it's not like i get any money out of it i'm not a fucking sponsor or anything i just really like those three games uh and as is becoming tradition here's a quick sneak peek at last sunday's episode of expansion pass episode number 58 mini indie reviews volume two Think of anything else I've played that hits kind of like Darkest Dungeon does. It's a very unique video game. Super Dave wrote into us on Patreon and said, I've been looking at Darkest Dungeon for literally years and I still haven't bought it. It looks like a game that I'll either love or that'll make me smash my controller into a brick wall. Help me break this buyer's paralysis. Paralysis? Paralysis? No, paralysis sounds right. Um... All right, well, I'm going to do that, Dave. And I'll be honest with you, dude. It is like, you're like, I'm worried that it's either going to be a game I love or a game that makes me smash my controller. That's precisely what it is. You've nailed it. You are either going to love it or you're going to want to smash your controller or you might want to smash your controller while you love it because it can be incredibly frustrating. It's incredibly difficult, but it's super fun. So to quickly give you the lay of the land for how the game, like the story of the game, you, uh, it's an RPG and you like inherit uh, like an estate from one of your ancestors, and then you find out that they had been digging underneath the mansion on the estate before they died, like looking for treasure and stuff. And in the caves that they dug, they found a whole bunch of like monsters and scary creatures. And now as the new owner of the estate, you recruit characters to go down into the dungeons to fight those monsters and try to stop them and all that. So that was last Sunday's episode, and now for this weekend's show, episode 59 of Expansion Pass, uh, I thought we would do something we've been talking about doing for a while, something that's shown up on our polls but hasn't quite gotten over the hump. We're going to talk gaming sidekicks, and we've talked about talking best and worst gaming sidekicks. I want to split it into two different episodes, because I think there's a lot of, here it comes, there's a lot of meat on the bone. I thought I say that a lot, but there is a lot of meat on the sidekick bone. So I think for this episode of, of expansion pass number 59 this sunday we're gonna focus on the best sidekicks we're gonna focus on the good before we get into the bad so so that'll be what we talk about this sunday it'll be the best sidekicks in video games i already know who my number one best sidekick in all of video games is but you're gonna have to listen to the fucking podcast if you want to find out because i'm a businessman and i want your two dollars it's I, I want that change out of your that's all I'm, i don't want lots of money i'll just take the change out of the cup holder in your car that's I'm a comedian. That's how I'm used to getting paid in fucking change. Uh, and then finally, oh yeah, quickly, actually, if you didn't know, 
Uh, you can actually listen to our Patreon podcasts right on the Patreon app on your phone or whatever. Or you get a code, like an RSS feed when you sign up that you can plug into most podcast services. And then every old and new bonus podcast that goes live on Patreon just downloads right onto your phone or whatever, just like a regular podcast would. It's very simple, so it's really easy to listen to them. Uh, so again, two bucks gets you all those extra podcasts. Plus, you'll get access to our Remember the Game Discord. You get a chance to vote in our Patreon poll every month. You get the ability to submit comments and questions for all of our podcasts. You can DM with me and you get a shout out right here on Remember the Game and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to all of these people. A huge thank you to all of our newest Patreons, David Moore, Game Nomad Messi, Tristan, Brendan Mahoney, Jerry Robinson, Emily Luna, Kenneth Michael Brown, and Leigh Evans. Uh, thank you all so, so much and welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash remember the game. There's your plug. There's your ad for the week. Oh, yeah. I have a P.O. box. You can find the address at rememberthegamepodcast.com. Uh, if you want to shoot me just a quick... I'm not asking you to send me fucking big gifts. Just shoot me like a... Just a postcard, a letter. Tell me where you are, what games you like. I'll write you one back. I'll send you a postcard. We'll be best friends. That's how I think society works these days. Uh, and I stream on Twitch if you're interested. I, I stream there on Tuesday and Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time and Saturday afternoons at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, I don't ever hound for donations or subscriptions or anything it's just a fun way for me to connect with everyone and shoot the shit so you're welcome to come by there look for member the game on twitch not remember the game member the game over on twitch.tv i spend as much time arguing with the chat as a, and i say that somewhat in tongue-in-cheek uh, as i do actually playing the game most of the viewers just break my balls when i don't do well at the games it's a lot of fun all right done that's enough blowing myself let's blow some of you with blowing in the cartridge it is our opening segment here on the show i read a few comments and questions from our patreon usually gaming related but not always and we call this segment blowing in the cartridge he blows all right he blows big time that's it honey get into the spirit so let's blow and our first blower this week is defunct 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 i'm not sure which way you should say it defunct or defunct it's like deactivated or deactive no d yeah d i'm gonna go with defunct all right d plus it sounds cooler defunct wrote in and said hey I don't know if anyone pointed this out yet, but there's a new version of ToeJam & Earl on the Switch eShop that plays just like the original. It's called Back in the Groove, and I've really been enjoying it. It was kickstarted and released in 2019. If anyone was interested in trying it like I was after that episode, check it out. Defunct, thank you for the tip. A couple people have actually mentioned this new ToeJam & Earl game, Back in the Groove. If you if you didn't catch it, uh, I can't remember what week it was. It was, I think, two weeks ago. Here on Remember the Game, we talked about ToeJam & Earl for the Sega Genesis. I played it for the first time over the past couple months, and I just have a blown, a full-blown ToeJam & Earl fetish. Now I think that game is fucking awesome. And I actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a fucking note. So many of you have brought it up. I am going to check that game out because ToeJam & Earl fucking kicks ass. So thank you for the tip, Defunct, and everyone else that messaged me about that game. I keep meaning to look at it, so hopefully it's still on sale in, in about half an hour when I'm done recording this. Um, Jafar wrote into us on Patreon and said, Dear Adam, you've mentioned MLB The Show several times recently, and I was wondering what your favorite team is. Do you keep it Canadian with the Blue Jays? On the subject of baseball, I recall you mentioning a Ken Griffey Jr. baseball episode. Is that still on? I hope so, because that game is rad. I'm also glad you pointed out that the Pumpkin Zone looks straight out of Mighty Max in Super Mario Land 2. I wasn't sure how many people remembered Mighty Max, but I thought it was awesome. I even still have one of the toys. Keep up the good work. First of all, Jafar, you keep up the good work for keeping your childhood toys, because I don't have any of mine anymore, and I had a whole bunch of Mighty Maxes, and it was a fucking swing and a miss by me to not keep those. That really... 
That hurts my heart. Uh, and the Ken, Giffey, the Ken Griffey Jr. Major League Baseball episode is still in the cards. The guests that I have planned for it and I just haven't been able to, the stars just haven't aligned uh, to get the episode recorded. I have You guys wouldn't even believe the fucking laundry list of episodes I have on my computer where I've talked to people about doing an episode. And then uh, just for whatever reason, the stars haven't aligned. But it is coming down the road. And uh, quickly to answer your question about my favorite baseball team, uh, no, I don't. I don't keep it Canadian. I'm actually uh, kind of. I might be the only Tampa Bay Rays fan in all of Canada. I'm kind of a freak that way. And just quickly, if you're wondering why, if you don't like baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays are kind of the most forgotten, <laughs> uh, least popular team in baseball. And the reason I like them is because uh, the year, like I think it was either the year they came into the league or the second year they came into the league, which was like the late nineties. I bought my first ever baseball game for the PS one and I needed a team to play as and didn't have an allegiance. And I really liked their old devil rays logo. So I just picked that and I've just stuck with them ever since. So, uh, yeah, a lot of people make fun of me, but if you see me wearing one of my ball caps, I collect caps for all baseball teams, but a majority of my hats are, are various Tampa Bay rays uh, hats. I love that team. Uh, thanks for writing in Jafar. Emily Luna wrote into us on Patreon and said, Hey, Adam, if you could pull any item or power-up from a video game into the real world and have it work exactly the same as it did in the game, which one would you choose? Hmm. It's a good question, Emily. My first instinct is to say I would take the pizza from any Ninja Turtles game and that way, if it worked exactly like it does in the video game, we could all eat in a giant, or we could all eat an entire large pizza completely to ourselves, and actually feel like a million dollars afterwards, as opposed to feeling like death. So that would be my that was my first thought was the pizza from Ninja Turtles. Um, otherwise, I'll say the cape from Super Mario World because I would really like to be able to use that. I fucking I don't want to give like all of society like the star or the flower or something where they could cause a lot of damage. But if they're just flying around and crashing into the ground, that's that's. I mean, most people can't even control the cape in Super Mario World, so it's not like they're gonna be able to do a lot of damage in real life. So I would say, or maybe the frog suit. Because nah, you know what? Nah, I'll go. I'll go with the cape. I'll go with the cape or the pizza from Ninja Turtles. The Honest Pokemon Trainer wrote in and said, Hey Adam, this is related to your recent expansion pass rant about EA. Now I will now just I want to just quickly cut in here before I finish Honest Pokemon Trainer's comments. If you don't know what he's talking about, uh, a few weeks ago um, we were talking about how EA uh, it had leaked that EA is trying to push players in FIFA toward buying their the loot packs like the card player packs and basically the loot boxes in their game. And I ranted about just how greasy I think it is and how I think they're taking advantage of children and how I think there are going to be people that grow up with gambling. We actually had someone write in who said they struggle with gambling addiction and they feel like it started from playing FIFA and buying those packs as kids. So I ranted about that, okay? So the Honest Pokemon trainer wrote in and said, Hey Adam, this is related to your recent rant about EA. Now I will not defend EA and their strategy. However, the reason they will get away with it is simple. Although they have a system where the odds to get amazing players are very low, you still receive something for your money, even if it's rubbish. Whereas with gambling, there's a high chance that you'll receive nothing for your money. If you want to compare it to something, it would be like buying cards like Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, etc. I agree that it's sleazy, but when you compare it to these bits of cardboard, there are things that are the same. What would your take be on this, dear sir? So... Honest Pokemon Trainer is not the only one that wrote in about this. And to be fair, I didn't get a ton of people writing in defending EA. We did get a couple people that said they don't think it's that bad. And that's, I'm not going to, listen, I consider myself a fairly open-minded individual. And unless you, you, you literally could counter argue me by writing in and just say, Adam, you're a fucking idiot. Signed, Steve. And I would, I'd be like, fair enough, Steve. That's a fair point. Like you, I'm, I'm more than happy to listen to counter arguments. I will say 
while you while you while you while you raise a good point, honest Pokemon trainer, I, I gotta say I kind of respectfully disagree on two instances. Uh, one, when you buy Magic the Gathering cards, Pokemon cards, whatever, when you buy real life cards like that, you are getting physical cards. You are getting something like i agree with you if you buy a pack just like hockey cards i used to be a huge hockey card collector if you buy a pack of hockey cards and don't get anything good in it you still got some base general cards for your money right i i understand that whereas when you buy these packs in fifa you don't even technically get a physical card i understand that i'm kind of split kind of there goes my first voice crack of the episode Dude, my voice cracks a lot these days um i understand that maybe i'm kind of splitting hairs because you're not getting a physical card, but you are getting, you know, when you buy a pack of FIFA cards, you do get some generic FIFA players. Even if you get all the crappiest players, you are getting some players. I understand that. But to me, the difference is like when a kid goes and buys a pack of Pokemon cards, he or she or whatever, they get five or six cards that are theirs. And they can they can play with them, sell them, trade them, fucking put them in the spokes of their bike, whatever they want. They have cards. When you buy these FIFA cards, if you don't get one of the big players, which is clearly why everyone's buying them, then you get a bunch of useless players that you don't technically own anything of and in a year when the next FIFA game and if I'm wrong on this I stand corrected but I'm 90% sure I'm not I don't play FIFA Ultimate Team but my understanding is that your team doesn't even carry over so you get these cards that don't technically exist that you're never going to use that you can't sell or do anything with that are only good for like 10 months until the next FIFA game comes out and then if you upgrade you got to do it all over again so I understand your point I just don't necessarily agree with it from that stance and my much bigger problem with EA and those fucking loot pack box card thingies that they sell is that when a kid or someone goes and buys a pack of Magic the Gathering or Pokemon cards and they open them, a whole bunch of lights and sounds and bells and whistles don't go off to trigger that fucking endorphin rush. And that's a true fucking thing. Whereas when you open these packs in these in these fucking mobile games or these cards or whatever, it literally is just like a slot machine where it makes the fucking, it, it, it does the sounds and the lights and shit. It's like scientifically proven and not by a fake scientist like me, but like a real scientist. It's been proven that those lights and sounds are designed to trigger that endorphin rush in your brain, which is exactly what slot machines do. And then they make you want to do it again and again and again. So I understand your point. I just feel like if EA makes it so much fucking greasier, if EA just made it, I wouldn't agree with it, but I would have. A, I would agree with your point more, honest Pokemon trainer. If EA didn't have any lights or sounds go off, you just open the pack, the cards showed up, that was it. If that was step one, and step two, if there was some form of a fucking market where they could trade their cards back to EA for something, you know what I mean? Like if all the useless cards were at least worth something, then I, I still wouldn't agree with it, but I would have less of a problem with it than I do. Either way, EA can go fist themselves. That's what it comes down to. But I, I I appreciate the point. I just, that's how I feel about it. A couple more here and we'll move on. Chris Cop, this is a great fucking comment. Chris Coplin wrote into us on Patreon and said, Adam, I'm having a hard time remembering a wrestler's name. His first name is Perry. He wrestled in WCW. And I think his last name is the best console for shmups and fighters in the fifth generation of gaming. Can you help me out? That's well done. So, if you're newer to the show, we have a, a small but vocal group of listeners uh, that are Sega Saturn fans that I have labeled the Saturnians. I used to call them lice because they're annoying, but I don't want to hurt their feelings too much. And every week, you guys, 
two, three, four, five of you write into our various segments with Saturn comments and Saturn jokes. And I'm not going to read all of them because I don't want to beat the Saturn joke into the ground. And I'm going to, I'm not going to lie to you, Chris, this was a great, by the way, the wrestler he's talking about is Perry Saturn. Chris, well done. And for the rest of you Saturnians, if you want your Saturn comments read on the podcast moving forward, you better get a little creative. You better spice it up a little bit. You better get a little, make it, make me chuckle. Chris's comment made me chuckle. He gets a moment on the sun. The Saturn can still go fuck itself, but you get a moment in the sun for making it count. Uh, Vincent L. wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I was wondering if you ever read Nintendo Power or kept up with any video game magazines growing up. Quick answer, Vincent. Yes, I read a ton of them. And actually, Mark McHugh and I have an episode recorded. It's just, I don't know what week it's going to go live. 100% dedicated to gaming magazines. We just talk about Nintendo Power, GamePro, EGM. Uh, the whole episode is just about gaming magazine. So that's coming sometime in the next few weeks, FYI. And then finally, before we move on, as you guys know, I pick one letter every week to make the letter time letter. So it's letter time. It's letter time. And Seth Mayfield wrote into us on Patreon and said, hear me out on this. Microsoft started the achievements with the Xbox 360, giving you a gamer score, which is basically bragging rights to say and show that you're gaming accomplishments. Sony followed suit with the trophy system, but Nintendo doesn't seem to give a rat's ass about this. I would love to have similar bragging rights that show my accomplishments with Nintendo games. My son and I were having a discussion about this and what they would call it, since Xbox has gamer score and Sony has trophies. How about Nintendo Power? So maybe they just call the points or something. Maybe they just call the points or something, but akin to someone asking you what your gamer score is, you'd be like, yeah, bro, my Nintendo Power is 15,000. Does that give you a hard on or is it just me? Uh, I mean, to be fair, Seth, I've, everything about Nintendo and gaming gives me a hard on. But no, I agree 100%. I've actually had this discussion with people numerous times. I'm not the world's biggest achievement hunter or trophy collector on my Xbox or PlayStation. But Nintendo is like the one system where I really do get into the games pretty deep. And like Mario Odyssey, I've 100%ed twice. And like, that's an achievement. And I would, I have been, oh my God, you don't even know how much I want something like trophies or achievements on Nintendo. Because I would actually show those off. The thought that, I actually really do like that idea of a Nintendo power score, like your gamer score. The thought that I always had was like, when you play Mario 3D World, you can find stamps in the levels and then you have like a sticker book and it shows where all your stamps are that you've collected. And I would love to see them do something like that where you've got like a giant album of like game after game and like all the stickers or stamps or whatever. As you accomplish things, they fill the pages up with the stamps and things. I would fucking, dude, yes. I am a million percent on board. I agree with you 100% Seth Mayfield. I want Nintendo achievements or trophies so bad. They could literally call them fucking Nintendo dickhead achievement points and i would be like i want more nintendo dickhead achievement point i don't call them anything that's the franchise that i want those in and dude they could go back and add them to all the old games the old nes games and super nintendo games and yes i fucking want it so much i do like the idea of calling it your nintendo power level and i fortunately i don't think nintendo will ever do it because as we talk about on game Hatch some weeks i think that they're still using myspace and have no idea how the internet fucking works and it's so frustrating Thank you to everyone that wrote in this week that blew in the cartridge. I really appreciate it. I always stress about not being able to read everything. Feel free to submit your comment again or feel free to DM me on Patreon with your comment. and I'd be more than happy to answer anything you want. Uh, that'll do it for that segment. Let's get into the smash hit segment. The biggest segment of the week here on Remember the Game Industry's infamous intro. Play one, remake one, erase one.
And a huge thank you, as always, to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple, guys. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games, and they can play one as it was released, they can remake one as a modern game, and the third game is just a race from time forever. And uh, for this week, since we're talking Chippendale Rescue Rangers, we're going to run the Games Based on Cartoons edition of the show. And our contestants are Goof Troop for the SNES, Bucky O'Hare for the NES, and Tiny Toons Buster Busts Loose for the SNES. That's just three really good games. Uh, as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one, and I'll tell you what that is in just a minute. And we've added a poll the last few weeks. Not only have I been reading people's comments, but on our Patreon page, I've actually added a poll with the six uh, various combinations that you could do of these three games to see what the winner definitively is. And the winner this week, it was very close. The winner this week with 24% of the votes was Play Goof Troop, Remake Tiny Toons, and Erase Bucky O'Hare. But it's fair enough. It was really tight. So that one won with 24%. Two runner-ups had 20%. And last place had 11% of the vote. So it was everyone had, like, there was all, every possible combination got some love this week. And that makes me feel happy because that means I picked three games that were on at least a similar playing field. Because some weeks I try to come up with three games and then one game gets like 80% of the vote and and I fuck up and it's clearly one-sided. You'd be amazed how hard it is to come up with three games that fit a theme that are all similar that haven't got like three fucking thousand remakes already and anyway so we got it uh so i'm going to read a few of your answers here before i tell you what the correct answer was we got some spicy takes about people's erase picks this week listen to this stupid monkey wrote in and said play bucky o'hare i have fond if somewhat vague memories of playing this game as a kid remake goof troop the show was awesome the movies were even better i just watched a playthrough of the game and despite the silly concept the game had a pretty good skeleton in there that with the right polish could be a pretty damn fun playthrough and then a race buster busts loose it was bad Fuck it. Into the trash it goes. Don't waste your time and just go watch the show. Stupid monkey. I gotta just... I I respect your order, but I disagree. I don't think any of these games are bad. I liked Buster Bust Loose. I thought that game was great, actually. I can I can get on board with remaking Goof Troop because, you know, it's a great skeleton that needs some love. Bucky O'Hare is a good game. But and if you want to throw out Buster Bust Loose, I understand. But wow, to throw that kind of hate—it's a good game. Wow, monkeys. Maybe monkeys don't like rabbits. Maybe that's why you don't. There was no monkey in Tiny Toons, was there? Maybe that's your problem, stupid monkey. Is you're just mad there was no monkey in the show? Uh, a sharp J wrote in on Patreon and said, I'd play Bucky because it was a very decent platformer on the NES. I'd remake Tiny Toons. I love this game on the SNES, and the game and the show could definitely use a modern remake. I agree. And then Goof Troop can go straight to the dumpster. The game was all right, but the only good thing about that show was the theme song. The worst show on the Disney afternoon lineup for sure. A sharp J. We are officially on the outs because Goof Troop was awesome. What are you... The best thing about the... the, Oh, no, no, you didn't say the best thing about the show was the soundtrack. It was the theme song. You said the only good thing about that show was the theme song? What? What? I don't know which one of you is a bigger offender. Stupid monkey for saying Buster Butts loose. Buster Butts. Buster Busts loose sucks. Or a Sharp J for saying Goof Troop can go straight to the dumpster because the show was bad. Uh, you're... Ooh, I'm not I'm not mad enough to put you both on double secret probation, but you're both on my shit list. You can fucking bet your asses on that. Luckily, some of you at least showed a little bit of respect 
David Phillips wrote in and said, play Bucky O'Hare. I never played it, but I love the TV show. Remake Goof Troop. I didn't play that either, but it did look very interesting. And with some upgraded gameplay, this could be amazing. And erase Tiny Toons because I did play it, but I found it very boring. Now that's, I can live with that, David. If you play Tiny Toons and we're like, yeah, I don't care for this, then you play the other two. All right. It's, you didn't disrespect anybody. You didn't throw shade at Tiny Toons. You didn't throw shade at Goof Troop. You are right that the Bucky O'Hare TV show is awesome. You're okay in my books. You're wrong. Your order's wrong, but you're okay in my books, David. Uh, Shannon Willis wrote in and said, I don't even remember Bucky. Erase him and his green bunny ears. Ah, that hurts. Remake Goof Troop. Couldn't make for a fun co-op game today. I love all the characters. Goofy lives on in gaming through Kingdom Hearts, but Goof Troop and its movies were the peak of Disney for me. That's goddamn right. A sharp J, you fucking... And then play Buster Bust Loose because of the football level alone. Love that game. Tiny Toons was great for its time. So I agree with you, Shannon, that the football level in Buster Busts Loose is worth your time completely on your own. And uh, I also don't think it's a hot take to say that you don't even remember Bucky. I feel like Bucky O'Hare is like Biker Mice from Mars, Samurai Pizza Cats, just some of the good animal-centric street sharks, some of the good animal-centric cartoon shows that just kind of got left behind. And it's Bucky might have been the best one, so that sucks. Oh, no. Samurai Pizza Cats was the best one. Uh, and then Michael Mathis wrote in and said, I'd play Tiny Toons because I enjoyed the game as a kid, and I doubt there's much more you could do with it. I'd remake Bucky O'Hare while never playing it before it dies. Uh, it does look like fun, and it would be cool to see what they could do with today's technology. And then Erase Goof Troop. This is another game I've never played, but it comes down to one simple thing. Goofy sucks. I didn't like him in cartoons as a kid. I don't like him now. He's overrated, just like that other game he's in, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> now, Michael, while I may disagree with your goofy takes, I, I, I'm, I'm on board with your throwing shade at Kingdom Hearts takes. And I can just hear the Kingdom Hearts fans just, just texting away on their phones out of rage right now. And I just want you all to know it wasn't me, it was Michael Mathis, but I do kind of agree with Michael. And then before we get to the right answer, of course, we got some cheating crumb bums again. That one kid, Nick, wrote in and said, fuck it, play all of them So I because I didn't get a chance to growing up. Boom. Mic drop, exit, stage left. And he actually wrote mic drop, exit, stage left. Yeah, you can exit stage fucking left, one kid, Nick, because you're disqualified from my fucking show for not following the rules. Every week, more and more you crumb bums are writing in cheating. And it's starting to really grind my fucking gear. So Nick, get the fuck off the set. Robert Lippa wrote in and said, I've only played one of these and I finally beat it last week. So here it is. Play Bucky O'Hare, remake Bucky O'Hare, and erase the other two. As far as I'm concerned, the other two are absolute shit next to Bucky O'Hare. Now, Robert, you're fucking disqualified too. And you're on double secret probation because you didn't play the other two, then said they're probably both shit compared to Bucky, when in reality, at least Buster Busts Loose is a great fucking game. And, oh, you suck. you're on fucking thin ice right now, Robert. Cheating sons of bitches. And all you scabs that wrote in with your fucking Saturn picks, you're not even getting on my show. Go see if the Fox Network will fucking let you on. God damn it. Play one, remake one, erase one. It's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be fucking people writing in cheating or trying to throw in their stupid little Sega Saturn. Fucking tick, 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 tick. You think you're so fucking funny. Someday, someday, you're all on the fucking... I have a list. Someday. Fucking double secret probation. 
Fortunately, 20% of you got it right. 20% of you had the right order. You played by the rules. And those people include Guest House Productions, Brynamite, Explode Processing, and Jesse Clark. And Jesse said, here we go. Play Goof Troop. It is a fun sitting there with a friend, or it's fun sitting there with a friend, grinding through it and figuring out the puzzles. I was pleasantly surprised playing it recently. I didn't expect the level of fun I had with it. Remake Bucky O'Hare. A new Bucky game with updated graphics and the same control layout would be great, especially if they gave Bucky a voice in a 2D platformer. That would be badass. He just seems like a character that has something to say. And then as much as I hate doing this, erase Tiny Toons. I enjoyed the cartoon as a kid, however. I've never played it, and I honestly have no interest. That said, I didn't have any interest in Goof Troop until I played it either. Maybe it's a good game, but out of these three, that's just how it's going down for me. Jesse, you have the right order. You've even got similar logic to me. Not quite the same, but you sound argument all around. So shout out to everyone that got this right, because this is my order. This is the right order this week. Personally, I would play Goof Troop because I love puzzle style style games. I love solving those types of games. And I love Goof Troop, the cartoon show. Um, I didn't get to play it a ton as a kid. I did play it, not enough to finish it or anything. And I want to finish it. So I would just play it as it is and be done. I would remake Bucky O'Hare because that entire franchise as a whole needs a comeback. So I would make a giant, bitchin', kick-ass, earth-shattering, triple-A, phenomenon, Ratchet and Clank-style game out of Bucky O'Hare, and it would kickstart an entire Bucky O'Hare revival and an eventual Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Bucky O'Hare crossover, and then you can all just fucking thank me when we're done. And then I would erase Tiny Toons Buster Busts Loose. It's a great game. It doesn't deserve to be erased at all, but unlike some of you scabs, I respect the rules around here, and... Well, I like Buster Busts Loose. I personally have much more nostalgia for the first NES game, which is a fucking great game in its own right. Uh, so I'd still, I'd still have that to play if I erase the Super Nintendo one. So I'd erase Buster Busts Loose. Thank you to everyone that played Play When We Make One Erase One this week. I love this stupid segment, and it gets so much love from you guys every week. I'm glad it's caught on. You fucking cheating motherfuckers. Uh, let me tell you what I've been playing over the last week, and then we'll get into Chippendale. I, uh, I started... Or I'm still playing MLB The Show. I play it pretty well every day. But as you all know, I'm a recovering addict of MLB The Show. And I'm not putting in the four, five, six hour sessions that I used to back in my prime. I play it for like in about an hour a night. When everything is done, the podcast is uploaded and all that stuff. I usually I have a couple of puffs. And then I just veg out and play MLB The Show until 1230 or 1 in the morning before I go to bed. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, I finished Shadow of the Colossus. Oh my! I played the PS4 remake. And... Uh, interesting really it's really cool really fucking cool concept one of the the i don't want to spoil anything about what it is but if you haven't played it one of the coolest concepts for a video game i've ever seen ever um the controls are a little a little funky but you get used to them um i did find some of the the map traversal tedious if i have a complaint about the game it's probably that I found, um, again, I don't want to say anything that spoils it, but I did find moving around on the overworld looking for stuff to be a little bit kind of monotonous as I went through the game. But the the fights, the boss fights and the various levels that you play, which again, I, that's all I'm going to say, really more than make up for it because every time you get to one, it's, it's fucking outstanding. Really, really cool, weird fucking game, man. So thank you again, Vincent, for the gift, by the way. Really enjoyed that. Uh, I'm completely hooked on Ratchet and Clank right now on my PS5. I fired it up because it was free. PlayStation gave it away for free a couple months ago. And I think I've almost done it in like a week. I've been really binging that. That game's fucking... If you have not played Ratchet... It's my first ever Ratchet and Clank game is the PS4 one. And now more than ever, I'm, I'm, I gotta go back and play some of the old ones. Because that game fucking owns... 
Uh, and then I'm, I'm kind of hooked on Darkest Dungeon again. After reviewing it on Expansion Pass last weekend, I've been playing it on, I streamed it on Saturday and started a new file because I couldn't remember where I had left off. And now I'm, I'm, I'm pretty into it again. It's a really, really good RPG if you like deep, very difficult RPGs. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all I've been playing. So let's get into Chippendale. That's what you guys are here for. It's the main event. Uh, you know I like to let you kids sound off before I get into the game chat itself about whatever we're playing. A few of you wrote in. Dale Baker wrote in on Patreon and said, clearly it's time to cover this game because Dale signed up for Patreon last week. <laughs> I swear, Dale Baker wrote in that. And I gotta be honest, Dale Baker, well play- I legitimately laughed out loud. Uh, when I was reading your comment, it legitimately made me chuckle. So well done. Uh, Too Loud for the Crowd wrote in and said, anytime I hear Chip and Dale, I can't help but think of Chris Farley as the Chip and Dale dancer. Um, but I stayed home sick plenty of times to play this one as a kid. Being able to beat Chip and Dale felt great after getting my ass handed to me a thousand times over with Battletoads and Ninja Turtles. So first of all, shout out to Chris Farley, a comedy legend that I love so, so much. And uh, yeah, you know what? I agree with that too loud for the crowd. I got my ass kicked by a ton of other difficult games too. And this was one of those ones that I could beat as a kid and it always made me feel good that I could beat it. So I I get that. I'm on board with that. Uh, Pizza Power wrote in and said, this was the first game that I ever beat. I pretended I was sick to stay home and play it. Good memories. So that's two straight people that said they stayed home sick from school to beat Chippendale. So while we can't do math, our generation knows how to beat Fat Cat, which is awesome. Lord Finnish wrote in and said, I do have a Chippendale story. When I was like 10, I got sick and I was pretty miserable. And suddenly my mom went to the walk-in closet and got me a game, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And I was like, mom, what the fuck is this? Where did you get it? And she just said, oh, it's just one of those rainy day games I have for you whenever you're feeling down. And I was like, what the fuck? You have a secret game stash in our house? And spent the next two years searching for my mom's rainy day game stash and never found it. That's awesome. Anyway, the game itself didn't ring any bells. Chippendale wasn't a thing in Finland at the time, except that it was a Capcom game, so I knew it must be good. And it was, and it worked. It made me feel less miserable, especially when I beat it on my first try. It was the first game I ever played through and probably the last game I ever played through on my first try. And no matter that I beat it many, many times, it was still a good game and I never lost my interest in it. That's a great fucking story. And you know what? I agree with all of you that are saying this game's easy and you beat it on your first try, but it was... They don't have, we'll get into this more in just a second, but like a game doesn't have to fucking make, make you rip your hair out and be super tough to be good. There's something to be said for just a nice, easy, casual game that you want to play over and over. I get it. A couple more here. We'll move on. And we'll get to the main chat. Pardon me. Brian Ransom wrote in and said, I played this uh, with the Saturday night bundle that went on sale. And I love how this game and the others like Darkwing Duck, Tailspin and DuckTales all had the retro themes playing. I could stop or I would stop just to listen to it and remember my childhood. Brian, the fucking I agree with you, dude. That package, that Saturday cartoon package. Oh, the music is so good. And finally, Sam Wright wrote in and said, I love this game. I was a huge fan of the cartoon as a kid. The graphics were sick, and this game was one of the few licensed character games on the NES that didn't blow ass. I remember beating it fairly easily. I also remember thinking that the box art is absolutely amazing. Totally agree with you, Sam. This is one of those licensed games that didn't suck ass. And it's time for us to get to it right now. I'm going to cue up some Chippendale music. And don't worry, I'll play the theme song again at the end of the game chat. You'll get one more dose of that. Uh, But my buddy Brad and I are going to talk about Chippendale motherfucking Rescue Rangers, which originally released on the NES back in June of 1990. We're all fucking old. Enjoy the podcast, guys. Let's go.
right. Joining me on the blank phone this week is my good friend, Mr. The... I would say you are the chip to my Dale. My Because I want to be Dale, because he's the one in the Hawaiian shirt, and he's the better one. Uh, it's my good buddy, Mr. Brad Warren. How's it going, buddy? Good, pal. How are you? I'm great. Uh, so, you, yes. Yeah, so now, hold on. Before you get into that, shoot. do you know who those two characters are based off of? You know what? Someone told me... Fuck me. Like, just today or yesterday oh, on social media oh. but i you guys yeah, know that i don't picture. know anything so i don't yeah know. the picture went around yeah no i don't I, who are they it's uh uh indiana jones right and it's uh magnum pi magnum pi i knew the magnum pi one was on the tip of my tongue but i couldn't think of chip yeah yeah um, yeah now i'll ask before we get into this video game because i gotta be honest with you buddy i have like the softest of soft spots in my heart for this game i love this game but before we get into the game like, did you watch the show back in the day? Of course. Good. Of course. Um, so I have two questions for you. One, yeah. and 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 I'm not, and I won't. I'm not going to get mad if you disagree with me. I prefer Dale to Chip, but do you have a preference? Not really. Uh, in my memory bank and my many years of drinking, I think a lot of that stuff has disappeared. Um, I believe I want to say the. Um, because Chip is Chip is the uh, Chip's Indiana Jones. Yeah. Okay. D- Dale was the, the shit disturber. He was a little bit more crazy, was yeah. he not? Dale was a little bit. Yeah. Like I mean, neither Which one was like okay. a party animal, but yeah, Dale was yeah, a little they... bit more of a dumbass. Okay, then I agree with you. All I'll right. be Chip. Yeah. That's fine. Dale's fucking Thanks. rad. I oh god, dude. Okay, so my no, second, they, but, but my, so good. My like, second question were so good. Oh yeah, they were. Yeah. The vastly more important question. Better theme song, DuckTales or Chip and Dale? Oh, dude. That's tough. I, yeah. Now I hear both in my head. I, I, I think it's Chip and Dale because just the Chip, 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 Chip and Dale. Yeah. It's so, it's so like, they're, oh. it makes you, it makes you want to like, there's nothing wrong with DuckTales. Like it, it, what an era of cartoons. Right? We I know. Just, that was we, the like, next no, place I was going to go. Like, we, yeah, like Darkwing Duck. Come on. Just, what's, what show had a bad song? For the, even oh, the, I agree. Even Care Bears had a, like, it Care was, Bears had a good it song. It was a little bit more, it was, it was more like, you know, toned down. But the, it was still, it was still good. For the record, I, I think I very slightly prefer the DuckTales theme. There's no wrong answer. They're both phenomenal theme songs. I love both. And like, and you brought it up, and that's where I was gonna go. What a phenomenal era! Like, I forget the video games for a second. Just that era of cartoons: Darkwing Duck, fucking Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Ducktales, Tailspin. I know you're all yelling cartoons at the fucking TV or the, at your phone or your radio or whatever right now. What a great era! And then you look at the games, and you know what's really fucking wild about these games, Brad? And we've already talked about Ducktales on this podcast before. The fact that like. Capcom could have taken these franchises like DuckTales, like Chippendale, mailed it in to the utmost degree and still made bank. And not only did they not just mail it in, they made some good, not just good, some great games. DuckTales and Chippendale Rescue Rangers are two fantastic fucking video games from the NES. Absolutely fantastic. Every bit as good as the cartoons were. And that's really remarkable when you take into account how many shit games fucking existed back in that era. Like they I'm could gonna, have done nothing with these franchises and made money. And they I made great hope, games. I have to tell you, I disagree. 
You don't no, think I'm these games? Kidding. Oh, I was I'm like, just kidding. I'm just oh, kidding. <laughs> my eye just fucking popped. I was like, you don't think these games are good? You're a no, fucking I, okay. psycho. Yeah. So I again, I as I always do when we uh, when you give me the call to say, hey, I got some game ideas. Um, I watched a bit of a playthrough and it brought back memories. Um, I I remember it being a. We'll get into it, but it brought back memories. But just watching the gameplay on it, it's. They, they were smart game designers because you know what they knew what worked and it just goes back to one guy yeah and this is why it goes back to one game that will always be the king of games and it's mario right it's just it, it's it, and i people can argue all they want but it, it, <laughs> watch this game it's a poor man's mario but it's done so friggin well yeah that it's and there's so many things even i like I, uh, when I was looking it up, I, and I didn't, and this isn't a cheap, like, you didn't ask me to say this, but I was clicking to watch a playthrough and I asked, I actually clicked on you playing this game. And I was like, oh, wow. And, um, the, the graphically, it's solid. It, yeah. It's, it, it looks good, but we'll get into that. It, but yes, um, for this era and these games and these cartoons, it's just, home run after home run after home run like uh again it it, it was such a good time well and that's it's such a good time and i think this is why another reason why you, your followers get it and your new followers are learning and like even just younger generations that are picking up switches and being able to play these games it's like you wish that licensing like disney and all these people would say okay just give us five percent of the sales re-release this game do whatever you want i don't give a shit well now this and, one but now here's the thing and that's what makes it so rad is that this is one of the ones that actually did find it did get re-released they released really? the disney afternoon collection and it has ducktales darkwing duck tailspin and chippendale on it and that to me like what i wanted to point out with that the fact that they re-released these games is like you don't see that very often with the licensed no. franchises from this era but with these, I think it was a combination of, I mean, I mean, Capcom, the 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 like the, the the company that made these games still exists, and they're beasts. Like they're still a powerhouse in gaming. Yeah, yeah. But they also saw that, like, sure, it may not be cheap. I don't know what it cost them to be able to. I don't know if they could just re-release these games or if they had to get the rights to them again. I, I don't know how all that works. But the fact that they were like, you know what, enough people grew up with these games back then that they're going to be willing to buy them again, and they have bought them again. And not only are people going to be willing to buy them again, but unlike so many of the games that we grew up with that weren't very good and you they're better off left in the past you can play these and it's like nah dude the love they put into these games comes through because these games still play today and they still look good you guys all heard it i guarantee you i played the chip and dale theme probably twice before I got to the conversation with Brad, normally I put other <laughs> songs into the, yeah, I try to mix it up, but I know for a fact, none of you want to hear any theme songs other than the Chip and Dale song, that they digitized those songs, that they made the characters look like the characters from the games, that you got the characters, like the bad guys and stuff from the games. Then the fact that you made them fun, it's just, what a, ah, like. Well, I, I think I, I, the best way they, to sum that up is you and I have discussed this before is like the care and the, the thought is like, it, it's not a lost art because there's great games that come out today. There's no denying that there's so many great games out there that, that uh, come out today and designers give a shit and everything like that. But there are, there are companies that we can all agree on that don't, that yeah. don't care. 
that don't upgrade their games, that don't change their games. And I've mentioned it before and EA, yeah, I'm looking at you, but again, I, I look at this and you, your passion with the way you just explained it is 100% facts, man. And like, they got you, it. Dude. They and if you cared. go back to they, this era, like particularly yeah. like there's so much garbage and the fact that fucking oh, yeah. cat, like, You'll never see, and I'm just going to name a few off the top of my head, okay? You're never going to see that original Ghostbusters game re-released in one of these packages. You're never going to see fucking uh, the Back to the Future games released in one of these packages. Silver Surfer's never going to get re-released in one of these packages. The Simpsons games are never going to get re-released in these packages. And you know why those games are never going to get re-released? Because the developer, I mean, forget the fact that you're going to have to pay royalties and stuff to get your hands on these games. It's the fact that the developers know those games are shit and people are going to play them and be like, this fucking sucks. These are better left in the path. I promise you, Capcom looked at these games or whomever decided to make the decision to re-release this package looked at those games and they're like, these games are good. And if we release them today, the people that grew up playing them will buy them again and be like oh yeah this was good and there's not a lot of games you can say that about from back in the day my my question for you is on this re-release was it on i'm I'm just assuming the switch it was on uh switch or i think it was on switch maybe it wasn't i know it's on play i don't think it was it's on playstation and xbox for sure oh wow that's kind of shocking because you would think the first one i would always think of is switch because just how smart they are with that system. We've discussed that many times. Well, um, and that yeah, these another, were NES games. Like these were Nintendo yeah, games, right? Yeah. And, the and, and the key thing on the re-release of these games is I, I know a lot of people that as crazy as it sounds, not crazy to me. Anyways, people that grew up with me all have kids now. Right. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're playing the game, the kids seeing it, they're showing them the cartoon. Now they want to play the game. Yeah. And then they're, and it's just, it's the circle. It's just the circle of making again, the circle of life, but making money Yeah. because these, like you said, these games are playable. I can't, my buddy, a good friend of mine, his kids every day. He, he sent me a video at least once a day. You'll love this. Cause you're a ghostbusters guy. They have to, their kids want to hear Ghostbusters and they dance. I love it. Like the movie theme, like the the, the legit song. Yeah. He can't go and take that Ghostbusters game that you and I have discussed and you've done on your podcast and go, hey, play this. Yeah. His kids would like cry. Yeah, they would. Like I did when I was a kid. Like terrible. I did when I was a kid. Because it was yes, so bad. Exactly. Whereas exactly. these games, like, I, dude, I got to be like, I mean, we're going to get into this game in a minute. I promise. Like, because I'm excited to talk about Chip and Dale. But like, I fucking, and I think all of us listening that are like, I'm 37. We're all, not all of us, but anyone that grew up in the eighties, anyone that grew up in that era of these cartoons and these games and Saturday morning with a big bowl of cereal, watching these, you're going to rent these games from the video store. Like I remember renting Chippendale and I remember renting DuckTales and, and the little mermaid and those types of games and bringing them home and playing them. And just like, Oh, when I played this for that let's play and I, cause I haven't played Chippendale's rescue Chippendale rescue Rangers in, in fucking 25, 30 years. And when I fired it up for that let's play and I was playing it, it was like, I was fucking five years old again. And it was just like, what a magical time in our life. Like, and I just really hope that this episode in particular is one of those ones where like all of you that are stressed about having bills and, and your fucking wife's always yelling at you or your husband's a piece of shit and your kid's fucking annoying your boss is a fucking idiot and all that stuff, COVID. all those problems, COVID. COVID. I really hope that for the next like half hour, we just take you back to like the late 80s and you're just playing these fucking cartoon games and it just 
thank I just want to like I know Capcom doesn't listen to this and I know Capcom doesn't give a fuck and they don't need me to suck their dick because they have billions of dollars in the bank but like just thank you for taking these treasured IPs from our childhood that we love so much and not only making a video game out of them but making a video game that doesn't suck that all these years later we can talk about and just be like fuck those were some of the best fucking times and they yeah, really you, were and and um the way you sum it up it reminds me of a uh, um of a great quote from Jerry Seinfeld in the sense he's 60 now, which is really scary to me. Yeah. Especially like because his like, wife's yeah. like 17, but <laughs> yeah. hey, I, I, I love Jerry Seinfeld. I don't, I shouldn't be through. But anyway. anyways, he, he mentioned how, when he was growing up, uh, he was sitting with Alec Baldwin on uh, comedians uh, getting coffee and they, they were talking about their childhoods and he made a great point about, his parents didn't have child. They like childhoods didn't exist before they came up. Right. And you start thinking about that timeline, like the 50, like anything before the fifties, like your childhood wasn't like you were imagining, but you weren't, you were doing like work and like you were a kid wasn't as like, as we've developed in time, our childhoods have gotten better and better. Well, I, I think we're at a plateau right now. I don't, I wouldn't call our childhoods better. I, I, I'm going to say it. 70 from 1970 to 1990 was probably the greatest time period for growth in music in TV, video games, computers, anything into the night. Like obviously computers went farther, but television, everything. We grew up in a time where these things were new and the passion was so like hot and just people cared yeah people that grew up people that grew up in an earlier era than us like anyone that grew up in like the 40s and the 50s they just didn't have as much media as we did like we were that first generation with media with all the tv channels with all the music with all the video games and so we're the first generation that's now hitting adulthood with our own children where we can go back and revisit the stuff that you know what i mean like it's easy for my dad to go back and listen to his fucking i don't even know what he used to he probably used to listen to the fucking I can't even think of like a really old band, like probably older than the Beatles. I don't know whatever was before the Beatles, but like, but right. like, no, it's it, it, I bet, that's a terrible example, but a better example <laughs> is like, you're right. Like, it uh, is. You're right. They, it, well, it's like, when you think about it, there was a toy back in the day before when we were growing up, that was like a cup and ball with a string. I had one of those. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, you can't do that with a kid now. Right. And go here, try and play with this. They would look at you with their iPhone and go, what the, yeah, like, yeah. What the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. But we can take kids to our era yeah. of growing up and show them cartoons and show them video games and show them music and show them just different things that we would do compared to the earlier generations that played with, like, dirt. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's just... I know we have some older listeners that are probably just like, you two fucking idiots. We didn't play with. Yeah. Dirt. Yeah, yeah. We played but, marbles in the dirt. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Like, but no, like, you're right. Like we were the first generation like, that grew up with video games, like with these types yeah. of video games that we could share with kids today. And yeah, just, and, and, but that, and that includes the generation that grew up before us. And like, the like I can't imagine being a 15 year old in this, like in the early eighties 
and you're going into an arcade for the first time. Like I yeah. remember going into an arcade for the first time when I was in like 1990. Right. But when this stuff came out with like Donkey Kong and Galaga and that, that to me would have been more mind blowing than it was to for me because at that point when I started playing, we got the home console. Right. We got to like play at home and uh like the atari and stuff was out and everything like that but yeah we i'll say till till the day i die the 80s was 80s it was a magical, 1980 to 1990 was man. just yeah until about 95 i would say was the peak of cartoons like like x-men and stuff like that after ducktales and stuff come on like yeah. it was so good it was so so good but yeah this game really really holds its own Dude, this game is like, so like, cause obviously like, yeah, we're talking about the era from this time and the cartoons from this time. And like, to me, the two standouts are this game and DuckTales. And I understand that some people like Tailspin and like Darkwing Duck and all that. I get, like, I like some of those games. I love Little Mermaid. I thought that was a great game. I get, I get it. Okay. But to me, Chippendale and DuckTales are the two standouts. They're the two best ones of all those Disney games. And to me, they're just, they're on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Cause DuckTales Dude, if you haven't played DuckTales in a long time, buy this Disney Afternoon Collection and go back and play it. That's a fucking hard, hard fucking game. I don't... See, I I, I, I would come to your place and play it because if I do that, I'm a, I throw controllers. So I haven't do I. done it in years, but I haven't done it in years. It's, and I, I... Come on. I, I can't throw a PlayStation 5 controller. No, I, I agree. Uh, I, I know very, that. I'm trying to break that. Oh, yeah. For all of you with kids today, if your kids are controller throwers, try to get that out of them now. So that they don't yes. get my age and throw controllers because the controllers yes. today are a lot more fucking expensive than they were. When yeah, we were as an adult, and you feel like an idiot yeah, more you than you. As a kid, <laughs> I remember being again I, I, one of the greatest things. Uh, a quick story was I was probably 15, 15, 16 playing NBA Live on the Genesis. I was up by twenty five going into the second half. Fourth quarter hit. And this is on the Genesis. And I'm like, I'm up by 15. I'm like, this is the best game I've ever played. I didn't make a basket. They hit every basket and beat me by like, like a glitch kicked in. Something happened and I couldn't do anything. I was a foot away from the basket. It wouldn't go in. And I lost. I stood up looking around my room for something. Yeah, because you want to throw something. I was so angry. Yeah, you want to throw something. I was so angry and I'm looking around. I picked up a bottle of Whiteout. This is how smart I was. <laughs> Even Whiteout. Do you guys remember Whiteout? When yeah, we actually Whiteout. had to write They're like, stuff. What's Whiteout? That's a different What's era. Whiteout? That's a different era. I chucked it off my closet door. It broke, obviously, and it splattered all over my uh, my like bread bedspread. I stood there as a fifteen year old, so angry. Not even ang- I was so angry at the game. I didn't even care about that. Like if I did that today, I'd be like, "What is wrong with you?" And I just remember turning it over to a certain degree. I flipped it over, but like I maneuvered stuff underneath it. So it would like, the, like it, I, I had that in the wash and I lived in an apartment. Think about this. I lived in an apartment where the washing machine was like, you didn't have it in your apartment. Right. It was like communal. So I had to wait until my parents were like in bed or like gone and had to throw it in the wash. So like this was, you're dead. Yeah. You, yeah, You're d- dead. dude, like I'm not proud of it, but I used to hang posters and pictures over the holes that I would put in the wall when I throw controllers. <laughs> and like, I'm not proud of it. I don't do that anymore, but I was a spaz. And that's like, and so that's the thing is like, to me, DuckTales and Chippendale are the two standouts, but the difference is DuckTales 
induces that controller throwing. It's fucking hard, which I'm a little yeah. surprised because it's a children's game and, and it's it's difficult. Whereas like Chip and Dale, and for those of you that watched my my recent, not to plug my own, I guess I could plug my own shit. It's my podcast. Yeah, it's your um, podcast. I have a, I have a let's play. I have a let's play on my YouTube channel. You have a let's me, play, Adam. Of what me, is that yes. On? It's at, it's a YouTube.com/slash Remember the Game, and it's Adam sucks at Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, and I. And I, for the first like third of the game, I'm like, oh, this isn't that hard. I remember because I do remember beating this. I remember renting this game as a child and beating it the very first time I played it. It was the first really? time that I ever did that. And to be fair, that Let's Play was the first time I've played this in 25 years. And it was a little hairy near the end. But I beat it in my first. I beat it without a, without having to start over. I had to use my continues. But I, I beat the game oh, and went wow. shot again. It's not a... It's, it's, by comparison, it was a surprisingly accessible and easy game. And I'm reading a couple like things right now on like the Wikipedia page for it and stuff, where some criticism. What did one of them? If fucking this really stuck out to me. One of the comments here, in the reception says, uh, "Hang on, I just really there was a quote I really wanted to read that it fucking really pissed me off because they they shit on it for being being too. They said it basically ruined the game." Um, by making it too easy. Where the fuck did it go? Sorry, guys. Was just... this okay? Uh, you know, I what? I, one thing I want you to clarify for me when you do read it. Yeah. Is well, one, it's like if if it if, if that came out now, if somebody was playing it now and said that, it's like, well, no shit. Right. But if, if that if that quote comes back in the day, that's still like you. Well, one, yeah. you're probably an adult playing it right. for one, and that's a little weird. But like, okay, uh, I found the, this game wasn't. Okay. And so the EGM, Electronic Gaming Monthly, says yes. that, quote, like previous Disney titles for the NES, this Capcom game offers the best graphics and gameplay for both young and old players alike. Uh, the game or the magazine criticized the, the title's lack of difficulty, saying, like other Disney games, Capcom has hurt a great cart by making it too easy. And I got to be honest, like, I can't disagree with that more because, yeah, it is easy. But guess what? It was a, like... Listen, I understand that there were adults that liked Chippendale back in the 80s, but this game was clearly marketed toward children. And if I was a parent and I knew that my kid could actually beat this game, like without just getting angry all the time, like, listen, I understand the NES's gimmick was these fucking hard games like your Batmans, like your Battletoads, like your DuckTales, like your fucking Mega Mans, like you pick, fucking pick your Ghostbusters, Zelda, pick your game as fucking Mario. hard Contra. Yeah, yeah. But like, why can't there just be a couple easy ones, particularly the ones that are designed toward kids? And when I sat down and played through this again, I, yeah, I got a little angry at a couple times when I thought I was going to die and make myself look like an asshole on the internet. But I was like, dude, this game shouldn't be hard. It's for fucking no. children. This is why you went out of business. Electronic Gaming Monthly, you stupid fucks with your stupid magazine. Well, actually, I used to really like Electronic Gaming Monthly. But of all the criticisms I, that I have... No, I'm going to rant for a minute. Of all the criticisms that I have read of video games, to call a game like Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers yeah, bad sure because it's too easy? You're a fucking idiot. This game was designed for children. Like little goofy-eyed, sweatpant-wearing Adam Blank that couldn't beat the hard games. And he rented one and made himself feel good because him and Chip and Dale saved the fucking world from Fat Cat and I didn't struggle to do it because the game was easy enough for me. So how about you shut the fuck up and just go play something else, EGM? How on the earth, how the fuck do you criticize a Disney game for being too easy? That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's embarrassing. It just... It's, it, it's, it's very embarrassing because you just nailed it. It's like, this is... For all the people that aren't old enough... This is what you call, this is what those basement dwelling internet trolls are now <laughs> Fucking on just Twitter. Pisses some me guy, off. Some guy who is probably 
at EGM, I'm going to say in his mid-20s, maybe into his 30s, as a writer had to do this game and just picked it up and played it and goes, this is too easy. Well, this game, you got to the point in life when video stores opened up, which were, I, I miss it so much. I still, you, I know you, you, you mentioned to watch that blockbuster documentary. I, I'm going to do it. But this was a rental. Okay. Yeah. Generally, this you would call this game a rental. No kid, when we got past the point of saying that box art was good, or for example, um, I'm going to use it, WrestleMania, that's wrestling. I have to have it. And you had to buy games blind. What year did this come out? 1990. Summer of 1990. 1990? Okay. So, movie, like uh, movie rental stores, Rogers. Um, Hollywood video, remember that one, Adam? Yeah. Um, Jumbo video with the elephant. Uh, I don't know if you remember that one. Um, we had a ton of them around here, and that was uh, that was another great time. And I think that was a great time for parents because you had the ability to take your kid to go rent a game, and they had they could. That's when we could make the decision if this game was worthy of saying, yeah. "Mom, Dad, I really want this game on my list." Because and and it always ended up being when you think about it, Adam, generally when like with me and my brother, when we would ask for a game, it ended up being like a sports game or a hockey game or something like wrestling, Tecmo World Wrestling, um, in the sense that it was a two player game and you could play it. Or my brother would ask for Contra or something where he, him and his friends could play. We we evolved over time in the sense that we were had the ability to rent a game and go, this game sucks. I'm not asking for this game. But if I knew it was a game that I could play for hours, that's the game you. It, it, it was a great time because we had the ability to do these things. But even and for the, somebody to shit like for somebody to review this game and not take into the accountability of that is just stupid. To go it's back to renting lazy. games though, like if you're a kid, like I mean, because listen, I've told this story on here before. I the first game I ever bought with my own money was Kirby's Dreamland on my Game Boy, and I saved up all my birthday money. I bought it. I beat it the night I got home, and I was really disappointed. A game like this to me was the perfect rental because how many kids, particularly in the '90s era or the in the NES era, pardon me, rented a game like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and got it home and then realized it's too hard and they can't beat it. Ducktales yeah. is the same thing. Ducktales is a hard game. Batman was the same thing. Contra was the yeah. same thing. So many of these games were hard. I don't understand how on earth you could shit on a game like this that is clearly marketed toward children where a kid would rent it for the weekend and have fun playing it because it was beatable that's exactly what this game should be i will say i will say even as i was playing it for that let's play the other day i was like ideally i would have loved to have seen like a hard mode but like that's just me being like because that i play it again but like i would play it again because it's just it's a fun video game and i like the fact that it's easy dude i want to go back to like i want to play the cartoon why do i have to stress out while i'm playing chippendale why can't i just right. have fun yeah and just... yeah it's a game it's it, it, it's a video game so it's a, that's just it and if you've never played it like just to give you an idea like i there's not really even a fucking so the plot is that a, a kitten there's a kitten goes missing and you go to save the kitten and then fat cat, the bad guy, uh, kidnaps gadget, who was the, the female mouse that used to work with Chippendale. She was like the mechanic and fat cat kidnaps, uh, gadget. And then Chippendale set out to rescue her. 
And then you get to pick if you want to play as Chip or Dale, which is fucking awesome. They play the same. They just look different. What's dope is if you play this game two-player. And this, I'm so glad, so glad that in the two-player mode in this game, they didn't make it where you take turns like a Mario Brothers where one plays than the other. Because Chip and Dale are a team. And when you play the game two-player, you play together. And you play split screen. And what's rad is that you can pick up stuff like boxes and apples and shit that you find in the game and throw them at bad guys. You can also pick up each other. And carry each other yeah. around and stuff. And I love, dude, the fact it's a that, brilliant they, game. Oh, that they went out of their way to just make the two players play together is so I'm gonna, awesome. I'm going to stop you for one second to just say this, is that, again, when I compared it to the King of Games in the sense of Mario, like, you never could really, you never, and like, that's that's a little bit innovative in the sense of Chip and Dale. It's Mario and Luigi. It's, it's the same thing. It, and they never did that kind of, like, I don't like not on the Nintendo. There was never a point where you could do Mario and Luigi at the same time. Yeah. Like split screen. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, that was great for this game. And the, the this is an example of something that I, I will say this till the day I die. Cause uh, we've discussed certain things like this. This is what to me, Genesis should have went the style of for Sonic because I, I yeah, I'll say it here, and I know people are gonna get mad. And you've said it. Sonic is not that good. Well, you're it gonna hear about it every time I bring that up. Fine. People yell at me. That's fine. I'm just saying, if you took Chip and Dale and did Sonic with tails and stuff and made it more like this, I think you had a better game. Not in the sense yeah, of how this now, game looks. Just not the speed shit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is just copy cut. Copy paste this style of oh, game gonna, of Mario, and they should have made you're gonna, their characters. You're gonna that fucking hear. You're all oh, crazy. Well, you know what I'm really not, sucks I'm is not, that you're not I'm on not Twitter, on Twitter and Twitter. shit. So you're not gonna hear yeah. about this. I'm gonna fucking hear about this. And I just want I, all you gonna, fucking no. Just let's just wait because you've just made a fucking bed that I'm gonna have to fucking lay in now. So thanks a lot, Chip. You fucking asshole. For all of you Sega fans out there and all you Sonic fans that are about to come at us and be like, hey, Sonic's not the same. I understand it's not the same game. I didn't fucking say it. I think Sonic sucks for a whole different fucking reason. So don't yell at me. Yell at Brad. And he's not on Twitter, but I'll give you his phone number if you PayPal me $3. Yeah, here's here's the thing. Don't do that. Um, No, okay, but no, what I wanted to say is because I I understand what you're saying and I agree, but the point I was going to, and I was thinking about this while you were, and I didn't think of this until you were bringing up your point. Like, I can say that, like, fuck, it would have been nice to be able to play Mario and Luigi at the same time, but I will say Mario and Luigi and Sonic uh, are far more uh, complex, far more complex games than Chip and Dale. Because when you, when you, (laughs) dude, when you play this game, I think it looks great. It's very bright and colorful. It looks like the cartoon. Chip and Dale look like Chip and Dale. But like, dude, this game is as rudimentary as it gets. Like there is. Oh, it's poor. It's poor man's Mario. It's very poor. It's very, it's very dumbed down. It's like, all I'm saying is just to clarify to your listeners. It's like, I'm not shitting on the idea of Sonic the Hedgehog. It's a fine game. It's it, Mario is better. That's all I'll say. But I'm just saying, I kind of like the idea of, I loved that. I don't think there was enough love given to these type of games, especially in that two player point. I forgot about that, to be quite honest. I thought like back in playing this, when you said you wanted to do this, I'm like, there had to be a two player mode. I missed it. I missed it. I missed seeing it on the video, but um, not yours. The other one, it, it just, it, it was a little different dynamic. But it was so perfect because, again, it's Chip and Dale. Yeah, It's both. It, and putting that ability, they didn't have to do that. No. But, again, that goes back to the main point of they cared and they understood 
that said, you know what, fuck it. These guys are, it's like a tag team. It's like you didn't want, like, you didn't want to see one or the other. You wanted to see them work together. Yeah, I think it's, that was the whole point. I think it's really fucking cool that they managed to get the two of them together. And just one other example I just thought of going back to, fuck, I'm, I'm still pissed off about that fuck, and that's not fake. I really think that that comment by EGM being like, "Oh, they ruined it by making it too easy." It's one of the stupidest fucking things I ever heard. Oh yeah, how about you fucking go talk to all the kids that played The Lion King about their fucking oh. game and be like, "Oh yeah, is your game? Oh, your game? Uh, at least it's not easy." They would fucking kill for that game to be fucking easy. This game is awesome, easy. I love the fact that Chip and Dale play off each other. And another thing I really, really like about this game is the way that they tie in the rest of the squad, like Monterey Jack, that big fat fuck. I don't even know what he was. Was he a mouse? But you yeah, remember the mouse. big fat guy? He shows up yeah. and all he does is goes after cheese, but there's a couple of times where he sees cheese and then he runs through a wall and breaks open a wall and then you can keep going. And there's also Zipper, the little lightning bug or whatever he was. And sometimes yeah. you find him in boxes and then you become invincible for a minute and he attacks everybody for you. And it's not even the fact that those two do big things and then Gadget obviously gets kidnapped, but, but she there. shows up between. It's That's it. Like, I'm going to, when you talk about like Simpsons, Bart versus the Space Mutants, that's a horrible game. But like all the Simpsons are in it. And that was just a time where, like, if you're going to make a game based on a franchise that the people love, chances are most of the people that are playing your game are fans of the franchise you made your game after. So throw in those little nods, and we're just going to get, we're just going to enjoy the fact that they're in there. And I love the fact that Monterey Jack shows up, and the fact that Gadget shows up, and Zipper's there. And I love the idea that Fat Cat is the final boss, and you even have to fight him. And I like those, the cut screens show up, and they talk to each other. It's like, it's just like playing the cartoon. And I'm not even getting mad about the easy, hard thing anymore. I'm like, it's just fun to play a game yeah. that looks like the show that it's based on. It's just cool for it to be like that. And the cool thing about Chip and Dale is it's like, what do you like? Like just, if you make a Darkwing Duck game, obviously you're, you're going to be Darkwing Duck and you're going to be beating up bad guys. Chip and Dale don't traditionally beat people up. And so what no. they did is they put you in these, and that's one of the, oh, I fucking just thought, this is one of the great things about this game, is you take these two tiny little chipmunks, and you drop them into, like, the first level, they're in, like, a street, and they're, like, behind these giant fences, and trash cans are big enough for them to jump on and stuff, which is what it would be to a squirrel. And then they go up on the power lines, which is what a squirrel could do, and run across the power lines and stuff like that's that, or chipmunks, game. whatever, yeah. There's later levels where you're, like, in a casino, and they, like, climb up onto the seats that would be at the tables, and stuff like that or they're in the sewer and it's it's like it really does it really just feels like the cartoon like it, as much as i love the game ducktales it's a little extreme they're like yeah we're gonna send scrooge mcduck to the amazon and we're gonna send him up to outer space but it still feels no. like it, it feels kind of like ducktales though it's like he's looking for treasure yeah. i get it whereas chip and dale you literally feel like two little chipmunks in these giant worlds and it just like the care and attention it really feels like you're just playing an episode of the show and i don't care that it's too easy it is just so it fucking it it oozes charm and it just feels yeah. perfect it feels like the cartoons make you feel watching them and i love that i god i can't say enough about it I just there's not even that much to tell you guys you can pick up stuff and throw it you, you find you, oh fuck yeah so <laughs> i gotta calm down here i've had a lot of coffee and we've done a lot of podcasts today everybody all right i'm fucking wound up Sorry, Brad. I'm kind of steamrolling the show right now, but I'm fucking. Oh, go for I'm, it. I'm in a zone right now. So you pick up boxes, you pick up apples and stuff like that, and you can throw them at enemies, which is fucking great because that's you can't hurt anybody without throwing stuff at them. Which is another thing I really like. You can't jump on them. You can't spit fire at them or anything like that. You yeah, just, they didn't add in dumb shit that didn't happen on the show, right? Or and it's not like they were throwing shit on the show, but 
they made it the most basic rudimentary thing. And again, um, we in discussions like uh, on other podcasts, they gave you enough so you could make it. Yeah. And they do in it the sense of, and it makes sense. Like it doesn't seem unrealistic. There's all these little boxes everywhere and you just pick yeah. them up and then you can throw them around. And it's like, I'm just a shitty little squirrel or chipmunk, whatever. I don't even know the differences between a squirrel and a chipmunk, but you're like, I'm just a little animal. I can't hurt anybody, but I can whip boxes and apples at them and that can fucking hurt them. And I think that's yeah. fucking so cool. And I love the way that you like, you go up into the, in the first level, you start out on the street in like an alley on, and then you climb up a fence and then you climb up a power pole. Then you're running along the power wires. And while you're running along the power wires, there's like bees and shit up there that can hurt you, which would make sense. Cause there would be bees. I assume that protect power. I don't like bees, but I assume that they protect power lines in real life. And so that plays like that into the game. Well, and it's, that's, that's, that's science. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, but like yeah. it works. It, it doesn't feel forced at all. I love the idea that like you're constantly picking up these little flower, uh, icons, so these little black and, and white flowers to make and to also to make a point going back to the ea guy if he would have added a line like it just doesn't make sense that you're throwing boxes where are all these boxes from it'd be like just shut yeah don't why don't you it. criticize don't that too it. then shut the fuck up yeah just don't play it just don't play it then <laughs> it's like, super basic it. and that's what i like yeah. about it is it's so bait you pick up a box you can throw it whatever direction you want then you got to find another one but the boxes are everywhere you, there's dude there's yes. one level where you're in like a toy store and all the toys are like weapons and you're trying to get by like jack in the boxes and stuff oh and when you beat levels it has multiple paths because it takes you to like an overworld which like i understand that we all are used to that by today's standards but that was a yeah. new thing back in 1990 like that yeah, was a yeah, cool 100%. thing it, and it's just it's a, it's a smart well-built game it really is there's like branching paths where you can play one level or you can play the other level and between levels uh gadget the the mouse that gets kidnapped by fat cat she like is sending you like tips and it's so cool because she'll say something like i saw some killer robots going to uh stage e if you go to stage f use the box to flip the switch and then you can pick between stage e and stage f and it's like well if you were listening to gadget she's gonna help you through this level and I think that's such a cool thing. Plus, it gives you replay value because last time I went A to B to E to G and out. This time I could go A to B to C to F and out. Like, There's multiple branching paths and stuff like that. Um, I just so much care into this game. It yeah, really, again, uh, you, just, you just look at it like it's got a story, which is weird because a lot of games back then either had a really messed up story or didn't have anything at all. Right. And then two, they just, they're like, okay, we need to incorporate characters, but we just can't have you play as everybody. We could, but we're not going to. So we're just going to dumb it down, but we're going to have them involved Yeah, and you're going to see them. And you know what? In, in, in relevance to pro wrestling, it's a cheap pop. And it was great because you know what? It worked. Yeah. And I, hey, dude, there's our friends. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's got the small things to it. And it just works really, really well. Again, graphically, is it, oh my God, it looks so clear. No, it, it's not, but it's okay because it's the main reason why it's okay. It plays well. Yeah. Like, fuck. I, like, I will say, like, I guess if I, I, I really find it hard to criticize this game at all. I suppose if you were just like, yo, you got, come on, like, it can't be perfect because it's not perfect. I'm not going to give it like a no, 10 out of 10. God. So I got to have a criticism. I guess if I do have a criticism of it, it's, I suppose it looks a little, ah, you know what? I don't know. I was going to criticize the, the the graphics a little bit, 
Because I don't think it looks as good as DuckTales, or pardon me, of uh, yeah, DuckTales, for example. But I'm looking at pictures of it right now, and I'm like, there's literally nothing that I don't know what it is. Chip and Dale look so distinct from each other. The background has like different colored textures, and it kind of pops a little bit. I know everything that I can stand on. Dude, I forgot there's a level where you're in like a kitchen, and you run across like the fa- like a diner, and you run across like faucet, like the turning faucet handles, and that turns off the water, and then the water can't hurt you. And you just run on them like a squirrel or a chipmunk could do. And I'm like, dude, just, ah, what a great fucking video game this is. I saw the one level where you were playing and it had the on off switches and you had to throw the box to hit the switch and move it up and turn it off so that the ball wouldn't drop and come hit you. And it's like the, the abilities they came up with it to incorporate the backgrounds like this game is smart like 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 for yeah the one downfall of it is probably like adam you finished it obviously on your run right yeah i did through that game yeah how long did it take you uh less than an hour okay like oh oh no like uh, so it's it in that sense again it's it's a game that's not built for adults but it still has so many great elements that were used later on in games and it just has the care and the, just the work that was put into it. Is it perfect? No, it's not a perfect game. Like, yeah, you know what? Still shots of it. I'm sure it looks really good. I saw some parts in gameplay. Now, again, I would love to see it on a, I'd love to see some of these games on the original like cartridge versions Yeah, yeah. because I think, cause like through a ROM, I think it broke up a little bit, but again, that's, but that that might not even be the game. No, and the thing but, is, is you try to play some of these old games on like 4K monitors and shit, and they're some of them they just don't translate super. Oh well no, and 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 again, and yeah, it, it's one of those things where I think the game is it, it's a good game. Would I buy it? No, I wouldn't buy it. Like I, I wouldn't buy this game, even as a kid. But it, it's a great rental. It's a fun game. It has a lot. Like it gave you everything you wanted. You see, the thing is, is I, I think I, I, I don't know. I mean, I never bought it as a kid, but I didn't, you know, cause we asked, you know, we only got like one new game for Christmas. You had to make it count. So like Chip and Dale never found its way to the top of my roster, but I will right. say that like I rented it numerous times as a child, knowing that I was going to be able to beat it. And to be honest with you guys, like all of you that grew up in the NES era, you're going to be able to relate to what I'm saying. Exactly. I promise that a lot of NES kids didn't beat a majority of the games that they played because they were too hard. And so that was one of the reasons that I rented this game every once in a while as a kid, because I was like, I'm just excited to beat a game. Like, I know I can finish this one. You need a confidence boost. Yeah. Like why can't I just beat this one? And it's, yeah. And like, and it's cool because you can play as chip. Then you could play as Dale. You could play a two player. You could pick different paths through the game. It was just so, it was, it's just comfort. This game is comfort food to the max. When I was playing it the other day, I know I got a little bit pissed off and I will. Oh, there we go. If we're going to throw a criticism at this game. No, no, no. Here's your fucking criticism. The goddamn level near the end. And for those of you that have watched the walkthrough or played the game, you know what I'm talking about. There's a level near the end of the game where there's these fucking pelicans. And if you hit them with boxes, they get them, they, they, they eat them in like their beak and then they spit them back at you. And they sit on top of these fucking fans that like blow you away. So you're slowly running toward the fan and then you jump on top of the fan, but the wind is still blowing against you. Then all of a sudden the wind stops blowing and I just kept running into this fucking pelican and I was like, I don't know how to beat it. And then finally I realized you have to hit it in the legs with the box and not with the face or not in the face. Cause if you hit it in the face, it'll eat the box and spit it back. And you hit it in the legs, you'll kill it. And there's a couple enemies like that in this game 
And I'm, I don't even know if this is a fair criticism, but I did just find it to be a little bit bullshit that a game that's supposed to be easy and accessible to kids had this exact... Your collision detection on throwing boxes at these enemies was so succinct. But then at the same time, if I came within like eight pixels of a fucking enemy, it would hurt me. And there was a couple instances where I didn't remember this being a problem as a kid. So maybe just as I get older, I've gotten shittier at video games. But there was a couple instances where I was like, why the fuck do I, like, how? What do I do but to hit this true. fucking and, but that's and But that's, the, I think that's the key to the game. Is that, again, it's, it, as a kid, I, I'll put money on it. You know what? It, listeners out there, they never figured that out. They never figured that out. I well, guarantee it. I guarantee there's kids that never figured out how to kill the pelican or move the fucking pelican yeah. by hitting it. The, they got frustrated and they, because they were like, this is because it's such a different little thing that they tried to do. And again, it made it like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like this makes no sense. It wasn't a gameplay positive. It was like, we need to, it's like, okay, they could roll right through this part. What can we do? We'll make it. You got to hit them in the legs. It's like, right. well, we didn't do that in anywhere else. Well then fine. Do it once. Yeah. Because if they would now imagine if they did that throughout the whole fucking game. Yeah. yeah. This game would be unplayable. Well, and that's it would the, be to thing. the point. Like, and like, you have to choose in this era. You had to choose. Two, two, you had to choose to make the game fun, or you had to make the choose the, the game to be shit. Well, like and two hard two thirds of the it, game. Yeah, you can hit an enemy anywhere, and it doesn't matter if the box even comes near them; it kills them. And then in the last right. like quarter of the game, all of a sudden, between these pelicans, dude, I will say, like, because I'm, I'm, it's not. I don't think it's a difficult game, and I disagree with that EGM review. But I will say, the final level of this game, and if you watch that let's play of mine, and I don't mean to keep bringing it up, but I just played. And this where, like a where is days that ago. again? Adam? Yeah, yeah, YouTube.com. Uh, look for me. Um, it really, there is a spike in difficulty near the end of the game, and Which I guess is good. it is good. But I guess if I'm gonna throw a criticism at this game, it's gonna be that like. For three quarters of the game, you taught me that as long as I can find a box and whip it at an enemy, I'll be fine. And now in the last like 15 minutes, it's like, ah, well, these enemies, you've got to hit them in this very specific spot. But I have been trained to not do that. And that's always something I've ranted about in video games before. Like if you're going to like, don't change the, like give me a mechanic and make that the mechanic. Do you know what I mean? No, I agree. But I think it, but I think on certain games like this, if they didn't change the mechanics, you would have finished the game in half. The it, time. it would have been too easy. I agree with that. Right. Like, I and, and that. I think that like, and, and they, they had to come up with something. And again, with the power that they only had the ability to do with that system. Yeah. They, they didn't have much options. And that's, I think, again, that goes back to the argument. It's like, either we make games that are insanely fucking hard that people will remember and never buy and play again because they hate that game. Or, we make games that are playable, but we load it with fun nostalgia or not even nostalgia, but we like load it with characters. We load it with gameplay. We, we give a shit how they look. We do all this. We throw in a little extra hard at the end to try and give this player, you know, like this game a little bit of meat. Yeah. Because if we do it throughout, we're going to lose the people. Yeah. And because I'm, if a kid, I'm, because I'm, if a kid can't play it, because again, this was, this was Chippendales. Like anybody in their twenties, at this point in 1990 when this came out wasn't buying chippendales rescue rangers yeah. they weren't this was a parent buying it or renting it for their child because they knew the cartoon they said you want to play this or the kid came up and said dad can i get this yeah yeah sure let's do that you like it you rem- you know the show this has got to be good and how many how many games failed at that 
that pissed us off, that pissed parents off because they were spending money. That's one of your great rants that you go on that you're one hundred percent factual on. But yeah, it's, it's when you're one you're one hundred percent factual on. They tried to give it a little bit of meat, and it is a little bit frustrating. But you still did it. Yeah, you still yeah. Figured it out. I, I do think that there's a there is a there's certainly a, a, something to be said from the NES era where they use difficulty as like an artificial way to kind of uh, add length to the game. And I and I yeah. don't always like that. And I do think they did that at the end. But having said that, I still don't find the end that I'm like, dude. I'm looking right now, and it's got a 97 percent approval rating on Google. This game does, and I'm sitting here like that's crazy. And I'm sitting here right now trying to think of it, and I'm like, the only criticism I have of this game is that I couldn't figure out how to kill the Pelicans. Like, that's the only criticism I have. The game gives you constant lives because you're always picking up these little flower tokens and stuff. They're everywhere. They're like coins in Mario. And every yeah. time you get, like, a, I think it's 100, you get a one-up. You get tons of one-ups. You get, like, four continues. Like, they tried to make this game beatable. To criticize this game because they purposely made it beatable to me is insanity and i and i disagree with that guy and adamantly i'm not gonna rant about it again but i'm looking at a 97 percent approval rating on this thing and i'm like dude i gotta have to agree it's incredibly difficult for me to find any reason to throw shade at this game you took all the iconic characters and put them in the game you made them all act like their actual selves i can play as chip or dale they look the same it's fun it's it's accessible the, the controls are rock tight like super i don't think rock tight is a real thing but they're like snare drum tight i literally can't think of a criticism of this game capcom was on fire in this era between the mega man games between your disney games like this and ducktales and stuff like that I, dude, I just, I'm telling all you right now, and I can say this because you can get it on the Disney Afternoon Collection on your consoles, and it usually goes on sale for like six bucks. If you have not played this game, that collection is worth digging out just for this. Don't expect a super hard game. Expect it to kill an hour or two of your afternoon, but it is just going to take you back to being a kid, and it's just... In an era where I could not beat so many of my own games on the NES, to know that I could beat this one anytime I wanted made me like it 20 times more because it was just, it was comfort food and it was accessible. And I, I fucking love this game. There, I'm, I, and to, to your point, I wish I finished more games as a kid because I've done it more as an adult and I've been like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a great I still feeling. react like I was a kid. It's a fantastic Dude, feeling. I'm still not tired of beating games. Every time I beat a game today, every time I finish a video game that I'm playing, I get it's a great feeling to finish a yeah, video game that you're it, playing. And it, 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 it's as good as like uh uh playing playing the MLB the show. I hit a walk off home run. It's and a great it was, feeling. I st- it was in the ninth and it was just wonderful. And I stood up and I'm like, I did it. Yeah. And you know what? It, it's a, it's a great feeling. And I wish I, I wish I had more memories of that as a kid, um, putting in the effort and the work on those games. I don't, but you know what I have, but I still have great memories because these games just like you said, man, they're, they're, they're great games. And I, it's a great man. If, if you're a parent out there, I'm not, but man, if you're not raising your kids on those old cartoons and then figuring out ways to incorporate if your kids are going to be, uh, to me, I, I think one of the best things you can do as a kid, if you're raising kids right now, and if they they want to play video games and learn about it, show them the past, yeah. play with them. Dude. It's a great bonding. It's a great bonding experience. And then you, and you know what? I've got friends that do it. They sit and they laugh at their kids trying to play old school stuff and they can't figure it out. Dude. And that's when uh, mom or dad comes in. One of the greatest things that you see on Instagram, I, I don't know if I ever sent it to you, was 
three young boys sitting around their mom. It's a great photo of their mom playing Super Mario Brothers on the original, like the fat old Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. And it just said at the bottom when you had to ask mom to help you finish a level. Yeah. And it's like, I never did that with my parents. My parents were like, they didn't even know how to work that shit. They just bought it all for us. Yeah. But I remember asking my brother. Yep. I remember, you know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm, I can't beat this. And my brother would try. He's like, okay, give me a couple minutes. And he'd look, he goes, do you have any idea how to do it? I'm like, no. And we would both sit together. And you know what? He would help me. And again, it's... It, it sounds like, you know, whoa, you really think that way? But yeah, I, I, like my brother's older than me. I looked up to him and there were small times that, you know, just I remember saying thanks. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And he's like, finish that, get through it. And yeah. it, it's it, it, it it's just good memories. Yeah, and it is. this is what I love about it is like, I, love- I, I even bad games when we've discussed. And by the way, I want to thank all your, your podcast buddies there for Shaq Fu again. Yeah. Fuck's sakes. <laughs> but again, it, but again, I have fun doing it because I remember it and even bad or good. It was still, it's still fun. Yeah. That's, I, I that's, love that's, it. That's dude. all it is, man. I, I, we have listeners that'll send me pics and videos and stuff of their kids playing these old retro games. And I, I don't have children either. And I don't, if I ever ended with a child, listen, I like kids, but I don't want kids. So if I ever ended with a kid, I fucked up. Like something went wrong. Um, <laughs> but if that ever does, like I always joke that if I ever had a kid, like I would start them out playing NES and I would harden them up. I'd like you, you're going to get your gaming calluses just like I do yeah. so that you're ready for this shit. Cause those games were vicious. And that's where I want to start wrapping this up and score this thing is like, that's, that's where my, maybe my sweetest spot for Chippendale is, is like, not only because I love the franchise and I love the cartoon, but because you like in a world of games that were so hard and impossible to beat, you just gave us one that made us feel good about ourselves. And I'll always love this game for that. I, uh, this game, there's 11 levels. So I think 11 is a good way to score this. All um, right. And I got it. Like, I'll I'll give you go. I'll give you the honors. Let's go ahead and score Chippendale. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a solid game. It's not perfect. It's just fun. It is what it is. I'll give it eight. Eight levels out of eleven. Yeah. I I mean, if I if I take my nostalgic ties of this game out of the equation, then I'm probably in around that eight eight and a half. Because it's a it's a it's a it's an above it's. It's a it's a B. It's a B plus. Like it's a good game. But I gotta be honest. Yeah. If you've got nostalgia for this game and nostalgia for the cartoon and stuff, like from a personal level, I give this game like a like a ten and change out of eleven because I love it. I love this video game. That music. Listen, guys. Usually I try to give you more music from the game, but when Brad and I are done in a second, I'm just gonna play the Chip and Dale theme again because it's the best fucking song in the game. <laughs> And uh, if you are looking for a retro game of yours to share with your killed your children, your children, where you're not going to completely make them lose their minds, this is the one. Grab the Disney Afternoon Collection, play it with your kids. You can play a two player. It still plays great. It's a I fucking God, I love Chippendale. Everything about that franchise, I, other than Monterey Jack, I fucking hate that guy. Just a fat freeloading weirdo who just eat, eats too much cheese. I hate him. That's that's rude. He's a good friend. He can. F- fist himself buddy um, jesus brad i'm gonna cue up the chip and dale uh rescue rangers theme song again so uh chip on behalf of me being dale thank you so much for taking time to talk chip and dale rescue rangers with me see it's not it's, you know what i appreciate that you should be the other one because you do wear fedoras like a douche so no i don't i only want to but i also i also am obnoxious yeah it's, it's okay then you know what call. i'm you're, chip you're... and dale and you're fat cat I'm going to end this before you can respond. Thanks, buddy.
that's going to do it for this week's episode. Brad, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Chip and Dale with me. And every single one of you hot dogs listening to this podcast right now, thank you so much. Whether this was your first episode, whether it was your 148th episode, thank you for taking a chance on Remember the Game. I hope you enjoyed that. If you've not played Chip and Dale, it is on that Disney Afternoon collection. That collection goes on sale regularly on various consoles for like five, six bucks. 12 out of 10 recommend it's a really really fun game and it's not rip your hair out frustrating difficult like so many games today so it could be a nice breather it could be a nice little uh nice little stroll in the park when you just need an hour of something fun the soundtrack alone makes it worth the money so check it out if you're interested and speaking of checking out stuff if you're interested we do have a patreon i have to plug it one last time patreon.com slash remember the game two bucks a month is all it takes to get access to two additional podcasts each week plus instant access to our archives plus access to our discord plus the ability to write in and play play one remake one erase one amongst other things plus the ability to dm with me plus so much more um and i'm just a small independent content creator i'm not ign i'm not kind of funny i don't have anyone backing me i'm just an idiot with a microphone in his girlfriend's spare bedroom that played too many video games as a kid so patreon.com slash remember the game if you don't hate the podcast i'd really really appreciate it we have a p.o box you can find our address at remember the game podcast.com just shoot me a letter postcard something little let me know where you're listening and if you make sure you put your return address on there i'll write you back and we'll be best friends that's how society works and i'm on twitch Three nights a week, or two nights and one afternoon a week. Tuesday and Wednesday nights, I'm on there at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. It's really fun. I never ask for money. It's completely free. If you just want to come hang out, it's a great community. There's no toxicity. I would ban someone if they were an asshole in there. We We don't experience that. It's just a lot of fun. And I spend more time arguing with the chat and getting made fun of for my ability to play video games. Uh, or I spend as much, I shouldn't say I spend more time, but I spend as much time doing that as I do playing the game itself. It's lots of fun. So look for member the game on Twitch, not remember the game, member the game over on Twitch. Uh, game patch will be going live this Friday where we talk about all the biggest gaming news in the world of PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, etc. Again, for our Patreons. And this Sunday, it'll be expansion pass number 59 where we talk about the best sidekicks in gaming. That'll be available to our Patreons. And I'll be back in seven days with episode 149. Holy fuck. Of Remember the Game, which I don't know entirely what it's going to be about yet, but if I had to guess, it'll probably be our Final Fantasy V Advance episode, which I'm really excited about, all right? Thanks for listening. You guys are the best. I appreciate the support, and I will talk to you all again soon. Cheers. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I churn out every week without your support, so I would like to take a quick moment to thank everyone that has supported us at patreon.com slash remember the game and i saw a he- oh god there's like 270 names this month and i'm just got them in a random order i'm gonna fuck some up so if you want to listen to it to see if i fuck yours up go ahead and just a quick note i record this at the beginning of every month so as i'm recording this right now it's may 4th may the 4th be with you and uh i fucking hate that joke and i record this uh at the beginning of every month because it takes a long time to do every week so if you signed up after may 4th thank you so much but you'll be added to this in april or part of me in june when we record the next one okay here we go a huge thank you to Broken Spoilers, Matthew Day, Plucky Beast, Super Dave, Owen the Game Furchuck, Brynamite, Joe Kirby, Dale Baker, Ian Watts, Jeff Bergeron, Paul, Ronnie Sachs, Hammond Egger, Josh Valentini, Chance McCoy, Sean Radford, Karth from KOTOR, Sean Rasberry, Rose, Scott Roseberry, Shannon Willis, Astros, Astral Soul, Big G, Classic Crusade, Russell Aldridge, El Sock, Adam Ferrer, Tom Maya, Oprah's Iron Fist, The Old Man of Gaming, A Sharp J, Lee Sparks, Zonko504, Scarlet, Kyle Bolton, Chris Freeman, 
Tom Calvert, Seth Mayfield, Jose E. Marco, Titan Entertainment, S2 Vaughn 5000, Bones 02, Guest House Productions, K Cuz, Candido, Born to Do It, Daniel McKee, Dan Wagner, Elijah 232, Joseph Gonzalez, David, Tim Chambo, Captain Cool, Explode Processing, Nathaniel Shelley, Swedish Fish, Lee Whitworth, Tent Sparkter, John DeShazo, Squints, Carmichael Nicholas, Gary Heather, Corey Street, David Phillips, I Worked at Subway, Raul Aguiar, Joel LeBlanc, Johnny CCDC, Wolf Magic 21, Paul, Fob, Kerry Waka Waka, Ryan McCowan, Trevor Oaks, Mike Burks, Nathan Freak, Too Loud for the Crowd, Pizza Power, Matthew McLean, Doogie, Logan Hale, Cody Poland, Murat Pepper, Spencer C. Weiss, Chris Coplin, Electronic Emotions Program, K Jam, Lord Finish, Aaron Baker, Dane Upton, Goth C, Good A, Mega Man 2 OG, McJr, Jafar, Rogue Agent, Thor the Hammered, Stefan Fukasawa, Joshua Davis, John Byrne 86, Andy Hudson, Retro Bismol, Sam Wright, Devin Gordon, Seriously Ron P, Derpimus Prime, Mr. Me Seeks 0406, Ninja Lunchbox 79, Wolfgang, Darren Bugnish, Troy Xuniak, Brian Robbins, Ferdy Martinez, JB Retromania, AJ Freeman, AJ Jones, Kevin, The Anti-Spatial Podcast, The Novel Console, MFAL, Zoo Troy, The Honest Pokemon Trader, Sean Clifford, Pi Messiah, Jesse Clark, Kelly, Rodrigo Tamazi, Derek Jane, Mercury869, Mad Shibs, Potato Bob Guy, That One Kid Nick, Dana Wucherall, Amy Gillen, James Anderson, MPG in Buffalo, Pat Duddy, 8-Bit Bovey, Poops Loomis, Raging Demon, Mr. Satan, Troy Cherichetti, Silver Grunion, Peebs, Wolverine Films, David Schnatterer, Martin Greenwood, Dominic S. Thompson, Tim L. Adam Beasley, G9PSX, PB McFadden, Jared, The Giraffe, Tim Real, Starro Probin, Jay Clutch, Very Cool Dude, Vincent L., Xwater, Retro Ghosty Ghost, Ryan Bayshore, Christopher Russell, Mike Maloney, Defunct, Tommy Reynolds, Ryan Kinchin, Arpad Botos, Jer Bear, S2S, Adam J., Zane Donovan, John Quack, Ryan Yeager, Morgan, Geek Life Radio, David Ray, Danny Vega, Tom Kite, Brian Medeiros, Andre SJA Flash, A-Town, Mark Jones, Nathan Trombley, Chris Knife 007, White Burrow, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, Brian, Bra- Brian Ransom, Matt McLean, Mr. Nick, Michael Haig, The T-Word, Miklos Blackshaw, Aaron Lawson, Stitch, Dario Omen, Adam O'Sharello, Jeff Johnson from Game on GNT, Craig Rutt, Leon K, Scott Brooks, Yamcha, Wyman Brooks, Chuck Schlarp, Chris Campbell, Brandon O'Brien, aka Tin Smasher, Mackenzie Wheeler, No One Cares, Dave Thompson, Dan T, Adam Anderson, Ben Boucher, Matt Brown, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Mark 209, Kyle Paul, Vladstein, Nick Sills, April Sane, Alex Martinez, Brian McKay, Fraser Burns, Bullfrog1221, Jason Cortez, Kevin Hufford, Duhow, Dylan, Jordan, Desert Tortoise, Joe Mack, They Call Me Badger, Kate Roberts, Luca, Rescognito, Divalk, Gary C, Andrew Wright, Rex Sheldon, Charlie Medeiros, Josh Morgan, Chris Fleury, Corey, Doug Dorn, Evan Refuse, Slick Rick, Ben Bullio, Ashley Cronenbitter, Nathan Warzecha, Warzica, Joe Gillespie, DNA Gaming, Dave McGee, Sean Razine, Ryan White, Robert Lippa, James Clark, Christopher Sumner, Keegs and his stupid arrow handle, Jeffrey Mathis, Joshua Shenfield, Fake McHugh, Matthew Mathis, or Michael Mathis, pardon me, Tyler, Freezer Burnt, Stupid Monkey, Andre, Sharonic, Ben Drinkin, Joe Buck, Todd, Makeshift Money, and Dave. That was ugly, but thank you all so much. If I didn't screw up your name, it means I like you just a little bit more, and I'll talk to you guys again soon. You're the best. Cheers. (laughs) 